0: Greetings nerds. This is Cena Nerd. We are back. We survived the mid-season finale week with our favorite heroes and there is a lot to unbox. I'm your host Sarah Belmont and with me as always is my favorite sidekick, our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. Hey, Will.
1: Hey, Sarah. How are you?
0: Yeah. It's a great
1: week. The last Jedi is upon us. It is.
0: It is like hovering in in the dark waiting yeah. for all the spoilers I to just... get
1: unleashed. I just pray I don't, I'm not like John Boyer and just like end up stuck in an airport somewhere or, or can't get to. I've got my tickets already. I don't want to get like stuck in traffic or whatever and can't watch it. <laughs> I
0: I figure I figure that I survived a week or two without seeing Force Awakens. No spoilers, so I didn't get anything ruined for me, and I oh, okay. think I'll be able to do that again because I probably will have to wait until um for a good week after it gets released to go
1: uh, well i yeah well i'll it'll be a spoiler free zone I've, I've already warned folks if i see a spoiler on my timeline you'll be blocked and followed. so
0: Spoilers are not cool, guys, even though we're on a spoiler podcast
1: (laughs) (laughs) and joining
0: us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but we assume you have already watched it before listening to us.
0: (laughs) We do. We do make that assumption. And I totally respect you if you're listening to this without having watched the shows, because I do that. I do that all the time on things and it's life, okay guys? No judgment.
1: Yes, yep. yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but joining us to keep our spoilers in in check is Spoiler Alert, our recurring favorite co-host, Patricia Miller. Hey. What's up? Hi. Hot. Hot. Sorry. That was my impression of a cat. I guess it didn't work.
2: I wish I could do it on cue where she would just meow as my intro.
0: But we haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) She's not at that stage of the training process yet. She's not that on demand. No. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So we have three shows to get through tonight, you guys. Are you ready?
3: Ready. Mm -hmm. Three shows?
0: Three finales. So first we're going to talk Supergirl, who ended... The first half of their third season with Rain. I think it was the best episode of the season so far.
3: I, I don't know about you
0: two.
1: Cannot argue with you there.
0: Yeah. That last those last ten minutes of just Rain versus Supergirl, I mean, they built it up so much that I was surprised by how well it got paid off with that fight sequence because it was beautiful.
1: It was. I um, I was at the gym the first time I watched it, and unfortunately the I couldn't have, didn't have sound, but just watching it just without sound and just the visceral like that choreography of the fight was right. just amazing. There, it, it reminded me a you know a lot of um, at least. For me, Superman, too, when he fought the uh, three Kryptonians, um, as far as that level of just badassery like scene.
0: Oh, see, I compared it to Man of Steel when oh, yeah. um, he goes up against Zod, because you have all of the different buildings and just that destruction. And I like how they... Because it is a TV show and because it is Christmas, they paired portions of that fight with breaking, um, getting caught mm-hmm. up in mm-hmm. the middle of an office Christmas party. Was, I thought that was a great idea.
1: That was a great touch, yeah. That really was.
0: What about you, Patricia? I enjoyed it. There was a couple of things
2: where I was like, really? It was more towards the end.
1: As far as the fight or just like, the episode?
2: Parts of the fight, the fact that The thing that rain was, it was like cement and metal bars and she was swinging around and it hurt Kara like she started bleeding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, how did that hurt her? And then in the next scene it cut to her like blocking it with her forearm with like no effort. And I was like, Mm -hmm. "Uh." Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that sort of threw me off. But overall, I agree with you guys. The fight scene was very well choreographed. And I loved the touch that they put in with the Christmas and the Christmas tree and getting knocked over and it was good. And I enjoyed the fact that, you know, that last drop when she held her off the building and dropped her and the fact that they sort of left it on that point, like where you don't know that she's okay. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was clutching because I was laying in bed when I was watching it. I was clutching my blanket like, (gasps) what's going
3: (laughs) to happen?
0: Right. So um, earlier today, I rewatched a good half hour of the episode um, and then my Internet had some problems, so I couldn't finish it. But I think even though it was kind of jarring with how some of the injuries um, came about during that fight sequence, I think still you um, as a viewer, a lot of us were just engaged in that moment because you understood what the writers were trying to get across and you understood how this related to everything that carr has been going through over these last eight episodes and dealing with her own morality as this hero. And they did that really well with um, a lot of that first half hour Mm -hmm. going over like the Coville story plot and about how he believes in her and he's put her like she is his god
3: Yeah.
0: or she, she is her yeah, yeah. she is <laughs> we, we, got, you. we got, got you we got you okay. yeah, we got it <laughs> yeah and and so you have a lot of this religious subtext and and rain is like the antichrist and she is here now to spar off with kara and the mighty will fall. And so there's that having Cara fall down to earth is like falling from grace,
3: mm-hmm.
0: which I thought was very poetic. And, and just, just this idea that um, you, you, you never want to be put in that situation where people think of you as something larger than life itself, because that that can put you in a very vulnerable state, just like, um, being immortal puts you in a vulnerable state, so it's an interesting um,
3: paradox. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was, it was, I, and I, I like the, how you brought in the religious aspect to it because, uh, cause I have really hadn't thought about that, uh, at least with uh, Coville, um, being there again, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the in the mid season finale, um, but also again, you know, when they were having their scenes, you know, their dialogue. Uh, about rain and how uh, you know, Kara was still like very, you know, you know, hesitant and reluctant to, to to believe him or, 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 you know, to to listen to him. And again, it Mm -hmm. just sort of set up that it it set up her, her proverbial fall. um, Right. And, and, and not doing, you know, not heeding his, his words. And um, yeah, so it, it, you know, it, it again. I think it was show. You know, I think the writers of Supergirl this year, you know, have really come into their own. I think having a, a villain like Rain um, has has taken the show up a, a another notch because you know it is someone who's an equivalent foe, and you know, and showing that vulnerability that Kara has as far as in the fight really, you know, made it. Um, like like you said earlier i mean it, it, it sort of was a physical manifestation of all the things she's been dealing with this
3: season
0: right and the fact that in the dialogue they explain to you that this story is um, foretold in a Kryptonian religion. And that's why a lot of us are kind of, it's foreign. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to follow everything that's being expressed, you're kind of like, okay, who is who and what's going on? Because that isn't a religion that any of us are familiar with. And so they're kind of, they're tying it and circling it back into the, remember that she is an alien. Mm Yep. Yeah, and this is part of her heritage and so and that's something that's also fascinating that rain and her come from the same place but are totally on opposite spectrums and they they this story has been told before and has played out before so it's it's just interesting that now it's just reset on a new earth or another earth mm-hmm. another planet in
2: a yeah. galaxy far, far away. No. <laughs> <laughs> On your note about her being an alien, I loved her interaction just before she went out to fight Rain with Alex.
3: Mm-hmm. And how right.
2: Alex, you know, blatantly stated, like, I know we've been through some stuff this year and but you gotta set all that aside and be alien. Yeah you gotta be that strong alien. And the other thing was, um, with Corville, he told Kara that he, she needed to rise up and smite her now or else, you know, and the fact that she took it all in stride and like went out there and tried and then she fell and then went the way that she fell, you know, with all the spectators around like, like that, like just accentuates the fall because it was so public. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was like beautiful the way they just sort of left her. They didn't crumple her up in a ball. She was sort of sprawled out with her arms open. That was like a good sort of religious symbol there with how they left her body laying like that when she fell.
0: Well, even beyond that, the fact that they put her on the gurney and they put her into the the ER or a version of the ER, that was it was such a human moment because we've seen a lot of shows now that have these type of heroes and we've seen similar cliffhangers where somebody gets put on a gurney and shuffles into the ER and having that played out. But in this context, that's Kara. That is Supergirl lying on that table like that, that that heightens everything and makes it very that much more surreal because suddenly your protagonist is the one who is vulnerable and flatlining. And you're just you're just shocked because you're like that wasn't that was unexpected. I mean, typically they would have Monel or they would have Alex play that part, but they wanted to make make a point by making it Kara. Mm hmm. um do you guys do you guys think that part of the reason why she was unable to smite rain in this battle is because as much as she wanted to go quote-unquote full alien she's dealing with a lot of human emotions right now um specifically in regards to her relationship with monel so did that impact her and her ability to fight during those um final 10 minutes
1: yeah uh, I think she was clearly distracted i, I mean the, the, really this episode and you know the last episode so before it um just dealing with you know Manel returning um you know and they had that moment even in, in this episode where she you know confronts him about you know her feelings and him the way he looks at her and and you know you know figuring out the fate worst, her fate, her worst fate, (laughs) you know, that, that whole like dynamic there, you know, it, it, yeah, she was clearly distracted and I I think it, you know, I guess with Samantha, you know, discovering who she was as far as rain and whatever, you know, whenever she had her indoctrination and and becoming as essentially this anti Christ figure in, in mm-hmm. Kryptonian um, religion um, and, and mythology. Um, you know, she was solely focused on one thing, which is basically taking Kara out. Right. And and Kara, you know, even though Alex gave her that great pep talk and great speech, like you know, be an alien. You know, she has for the last, you know, since the last three years. I mean, she's. Her, you know, her becoming a Supergirl was completely, you know, in, in a different context than how Rain was like, you know, came upon her powers, and, and realization of who she was. So I think Kara, you know, so I think Rain was more willing to become this evil creature versus Kara, who still has this, this goodness and and. And dealing with all these other feelings and it, and, it, and it distracted her while she was in that fight well,
0: right and you could argue that um right, samantha had no choice
3: yeah
0: like and we saw that play out this first half season where she just was overtaken and then she would forget and lose time and she's got a daughter mm-hmm. to deal with going through this which is I mean, I had I don't know exactly what's going to happen with her daughter at this point, but that's kind of scary. And uh, while Kara is mainly you saw her at the beginning the first episode this season where she makes a clear choice to be Supergirl. And then that becomes that gets a little off track as she reencounters Monel and is dealing with Emra and is dealing with Alex and and all of these other people in her life and it's always trying to reconcile her as Kara versus her as Supergirl. So it's it's much less of a it, it's more of a choice for her. And um I think she's 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 kind of chosen Kara at this point. Mm-hmm. She's got some stuff Kara's got stuff to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Supergirl does too. I don't know. <laughs> Patricia, help me out. What am I trying to say? Well, I feel like Kara was
2: distracted by the fact of being alien because she wasn't used to the idea of being her full alien self during you know, the fight. She had to remember that there were people, and you know, most of the people that she's been fighting have been human, and she's got to rein it back a little bit you know, to not kill these people. And she went out there with the intent of this isn't a person. I want to put this person down if mm-hmm. the prophecies are true. And I think that battle and then the battle with trying to keep her emotions compartmentalized with being Kara and being Supergirl, that effort of, we see her struggle with that throughout the entire season so far, but this was a pit like a, like the most important moment where she had to put those emotions aside and that much effort diminishes your effort in other categories. So.
0: Right. It, it. Like maybe she doesn't know how to be Kryptonian anymore mm.
3: because yes. she's,
0: yeah. she's, she's, become fully indoctrinated in this world and in being human and living her life as a human. And it's, and it's odd. Let's go back to Coville real quick because Coville is a human who becomes obsessed with Kryptonians and she has to go to him for information. How demoralizing is that?
1: Very. I mean, it it has to be, I mean, you know, you, you wonder you know, once she recovers, you know, will she go back to Colville to basically, you know, seek his counsel as, as far as, you know, clearly he knows more about Krypton than she does at this right. point. And, you know, will you know, will she, uh, you know, seek his help in, in trying to uh, come up with a way to defeat Rain?
0: Right, right. But it's also how much can you trust of what he's telling? He's telling her because he is a bad guy. He's de- made some bad choices um, to uphold his belief and his religion. And it's interesting how she not only goes to him, but she also goes to her mom mm-hmm. they're, they're there's a lot of emphasis placed on her mom this season, where she's always going back there. I I like that because um, in a lineup where we have a lot of daddy issues, it's nice to have some mommy issues every now and then. You know, just saying equal opportunity. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of equal opportunity, let's not only focus on the Kryptonians because we got some humans who are getting together because Patricia and I know yeah. how
1: to
0: to hard eyes. We know it.
1: Well, we called, it. We, yep, you we called did. it
0: from episode one. You
1: sure did. Yep. You did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what did you think of that? <laughs> so I was watching this, the
2: episode with my boyfriend and I slapped his leg because I was like, yes, I knew it this was supposed to happen. And he was like, oh, my God, get over yourself. Like, he was so upset with me. He was like, why are you so into this right now? I was like, you don't understand how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how I felt about it in the moment.
0: But- I, I- I do want to call out Kara, though, because Kara, during that holiday party scene, she comes over and she's like, yeah, I've been noticing that you and James have had chemistry for weeks. And I'm like, Kara, you have been, like, on, you've been to Central City on another Earth. You've gone on a road trip with Alex. You've gone to another planet with um, with John. Like, you haven't been around town yeah. <laughs> much. When did you
3: notice maybe maybe,
1: maybe that's why she was distracted in the fight (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) she was too busy making wedding invitations. yeah
3: yeah.
0: (laughs) do you you guys think it it, so they set it up to end the mid-season with that so are they going to make it past season three? And I, I like how we're talking about this and we haven't even mentioned who we're talking about. We're we're talking about the hookup between James and Lena, which, to, again, to pull out another Superman reference, it reminds me so much of what happened on Smallville because you had the whole um, Lana, Lex and Clark love triangle get brought up. Mm-hmm. And I know... For me, as a caramel shipper, I think that car has moved on from James, but I could see the writers trying to use this as a dynamic for later seasons to explore between those three.
2: Well, does Lena know that James and her used to be a thing? Because I think that's where they could bring it up, like where it might be a little weird. Mm. but. Because I don't think Lena has that information.
0: Well, that would yeah. be kind of weird, considering they're always saying how they're best friends. And, I mean, I I would think that knowing girls' exes would be brought up in conversation, you know, on the DL. Yeah, but yeah. I don't
2: think they've had that weird conversation yet, you know. It just doesn't. I feel like they're going to bring that up. Like, there's going to be some sort of weird little situation, and, Lena's gonna be like, "Wait a minute, guys! You guys were a thing," and they're gonna be like, "No!" and
0: yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna be like, "Where have you been, Lena?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: it, it it is possible. I don't think I, I don't think it, at least not on screen it has not been discussed, but yeah, I think the potential is there if they want to, you know, if they want to take the, the, the drama quotient to that to that place.
0: Yeah to that melodramatic
1: place.
0: Yeah. they've already got Emra bringing the melodramatics. I, we don't need no more drama queens. Yeah,
1: place. I don't I don't think they are I don't <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh James and Kara's death blaze, that's ways that's so season 1 so just leave it there. They got plenty. much like
0: everything in season one.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's like let's just ignore it. We're, we're on a new network. We're completely redoing everything here. That was a different. Yeah, that, was another, that was another
0: Earth. Ooh, I meant to ask you about this, Will. Yeah. Um, Before we move on to our next show, the gang that they kept referencing—is that an Easter egg to Black Lightning, or did I just make that up?
1: That's a good question. I don't. I think so. I have to. I have to go back and and double check, but uh, let's bookmark that for uh, for uh, for a a future discussion because I I think it is.
0: Yeah, which which would make sense. And hypothetically, if that is, then that that makes sense because rather than put black lightning on the Earth, on Arrow and Flash's Mm -hmm. Earth, they're going to use. Kara's Earth, which which I like because yeah. it kind of makes her her world expand um, and not be like this this side world.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she has <laughs> so it just I, I I think that would be a smarter choice to help expand the universe.
3: Yeah. Um rather book.
0: than make it contained.
1: Yeah, but but also it does give a way for if if down the road they wanted to expand Black Lightning into one of the crossovers they, they can yeah. do so legitimately do so I'll, yeah, yeah I'll have yeah, I'll, I'll, I, will, I, will, I will do some homework and, and follow up with you on that
0: yeah tweet us if anybody listening knows the answer to that as well yeah. but we've got to move on we got some speedsters to talk about who have decided not to run for a change not to run and so Flash midseason finale again guys This is like a great week to be a TV viewer because another show that that nails it on their way out and being like, we'll see you at the end of the break. We're going to just drop the mic right here. They this was the best episode of their season. Totally. Or maybe even arguably the best episode since I
1: don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's been a while since uh, it started out a little, you know, yeah. It started out a little slow, but once it hit, I mean, it was like, whoa. But even though I did call the, uh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mr. I'm just going to throw out random things about these shows and they're all going to come true. And <laughs> none of Sarah's can ever come true because that's, we don't live on that earth. Yeah. I don't, I don't resent you at all for all of that. Nope. But know, let's, let's get into this. Yeah. Okay, I mean it is the twist that Will spoiled for everyone. Um, bad Will, he's so mean. I'm, I'm sorry,
1: I'm, I promise all I didn't go into the writers room, the clues. But no, nah, what what did it for, what did it for me was the the callback to season one uh, with the trial of the Flash, and I'm sure I mean I'm not the only one. I know plenty of plenty of fans, who are fans of the comics, probably also picked up on that same same uh, that same image from from season one, and then the Um, thinker episode uh, a few weeks back was what what they put the rest of the clues in but this episode was yeah I mean it I I, I, you know it reminded me of the season one drop of uh, Eobard uh, as far as the reveal It, it was that it was that level of twist oh okay but we didn't have one really last year. I mean, last year it was just like it was just a slow burn.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what happened last year.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, as I said, it, it was really it was. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't like you know we were expecting to like find out who Savitar was like you know that mid season break, but we we never yeah, really did. Yeah, and you
0: spoiled that for me as well. Only after the mid season break, so. Yeah. So there was that, you know, so I think I think probably the last episode that I would put this up against is um, season two. um, Flash versus Zoom.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And and see, and it's the season two, episode six or seven, when um, Flash and Zoom first square off and um, Zoom breaks his back. Like that episode is on par with this one, but for different reasons. Because that that season two episode was more about the fight, like that is very much in line with everything that we explained about Supergirl's mid season finale. Yeah. While this episode for the Flash was more about the psychological game and psychological warfare that the Thinker has been promising. This first half of the season, and this idea that there is a bigger plan unfolding and unraveling the Flash's universe, the characters just are a few steps behind and figuring it all out on time. Um, pun intended.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, Patricia. We'll...
0: And... Oh, yeah, Patricia, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just we're just we're just we're just going on a
2: rip here, we're like, oh yeah. No, I, I'm enjoying it. It's great. No. <laughs> I I loved the episode because it was well put together and they had like in the beginning it was humorous with the tree and the tinsel and you got the best aspects of each character. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought they they put it together really well. And um I don't know what you guys want me to get into, but like the fact that like The fact that, you know, when they were opening their gifts and, like, Iris was like, well, why aren't you, like, speed doing everything? And then all of a sudden, Barry was like, well, because I don't need to go slow with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do things fast anymore. I think that, like, the fact that his character is maturing Mm -hmm. to where he's not speed doing all these menial tasks was a very important piece of information and important growth for that character. And I thought that was just, it was, it was beautifully done the way that they did it. And then that way, like at the end of the episode, when he looks like you can see, they show a picture of him and Iris, but he's like, no, I'm not going to run. Right. Like that was the smartest thing to do because what, what else is he going to do? This guy is dead in his apartment he's going to be accused of it anyway. So he would have to continue running. Mm-hmm. It's not, he made the adult choice whether it's going to, you know, it's going to be tough to get through, but he knows that with his team with him, he can get through anything.
1: That's a good, so. yeah, I, I, that's, that's the good point that you raised about him being, you know, keeping things slow and, and, and maturity of him as a character, but also, mm-hmm. um, but also, as we know in, in the Flash lore, at least with the CW show, uh, whenever things uh, is going w- well for Barry, something bad is going to happen. Um, and and I it was it was a very mature decision and choice to not run when when the police are breaking into the apartment because I mean obviously that would be the easy the easy way to get out. And he and he had a perfect alibi. I mean, he was at this Christmas party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's <is> so <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a Flash. He could have been there. Like he left when the phone call happened. Saw what was going as a part it and then zip back to the other back to back to Joe's. I mean he had the perfect it's, alibi.
0: <laughs> it's not even that he's the flash. Isn't he a CSI? Doesn't he understand how investigations work? Like
1: Yeah, but you know they're a bit <laughs> it's of all time. about
0: motive, Barry.
3: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. I didn't sorry, I'm like still shocked. I'm like, yeah, that's so true. He did have a great alibi.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: i so for for me and, and everything that patricia said was is really accurate and right on um but it just reminds me how much that this show works when they focus on barry
3: mm-hmm.
0: and when really the through line the story the emotional stakes are all tied into what he's going through as a character yep. this show has some of some of the best casts like out of all the other ones. Yet I still find that when we chase their storylines too much or go too far into this vortex and don't focus enough on Barry, the show the show becomes mediocre. And it's not really what we signed up for when we started watching this. Um, but it just this episode just reminded me of that fact that when they can tie it back to him mm-hmm. and his pathos, um, they they do their so, so much of a better job. Because even though this was such a Barry driven story, you still had Caitlin and black yep. on the other end, who are also going through um a very similar encounter and which was great, and Katie Sakoff, my God, this girl, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it, will, and I'm just like. You know, when I first got excited, I was like, yeah, Starbucks going to come in and she's going to kick some ass. That's not what's happening. Like, Katie Sackhoff is playing an entirely different character.
3: Yeah.
0: And who sounds and feels so much a part of this universe, more so than anything else. And she, they're doing a great job with this dynamic between her and Caitlin So and her and Killer Frost, mm-hmm. where... You you just you feel like it's very similar to that that weird fatherly tension between um, Reverse Flash and Barry. Yeah. Like there's just this weird paternal thing happening, and on this end, it's more of a maternal instinct between Amunet and Caitlin, which is just it's awkward, but it works. It does. And it feels like. Katie Sackhoff's character has been in the
2: Flash the whole time.
1: Yes, it does. Like, yeah.
2: She's been yes. a reoccurring – like, I know she's been in this season, but it feels like she's been in so much longer.
1: Yeah, she's only been like – She just – Yeah, it's only been two episodes, but you're totally right. I mean, it's just very seamless how she has yes. become a part of – you know, it's not necessarily Barry's Rogue Gallery, but um, – mm-hmm. But this is part of the the larger universe of of villains in the show, like like Captain Cold and um, and even even Thawne.
0: Yeah, yeah, she she kind of takes the best of both of those characters and have created her herself in in that image because she has that humor from Captain Cold, with that um, villainy from from Eabard Thawne. Now, guys, during her first encounter with Caitlyn, um, the first episode, they she talked about how Caitlyn spoiled something for her, and so she plans to get her vengeance. I don't think she got her vengeance in this episode, but when do you think she will get her vengeance on Caitlyn?
1: Um, getting to your point about keeping the focus on Barry, I hope that they don't pursue it to go down that rabbit hole too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when they do, again, it the show loses focus. And I know, I, mean, I, I love how, uh, I mentioned this on my uh, TV After Dark uh, little write-up, how it, within the show, they acknowledged how big a following Caitlin and Killer Frost in particular has on social media with the drink and Caitlin's like you know, <laughs> Caitlin is, with the drink with the guys like oh yeah we're hanging out with Philip Ross you know and you know and she's like gee guys make me feel welcome here. Um, what a
0: betrayal! <laughs> <laughs> like even Cisco, even Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but but I, I'm hoping that they resist that urge and, and, and keep some level of mystery there with those two okay. with with those two because because if they if they run into his fullest course and that takes away from the primary story which is Barry allen
0: right no I a hundred percent agree with that um, they don't we don't need to find out that answer like in episode 10 but eventually I would like to know what happens and I hopefully like how this episode play played out with um, that plot line intertwining with um, Barry's overall arc.
3: Um,
0: I hope that similar vengeance that Amunet gets plays on in a very similar fashion and how it's intertwined and interlinked. Um, be, but here's what I don't understand, guys. I still don't get why why Amunet had Dom, and they had to go through that whole fake pr- procedure. I, I still don't understand that.
1: Help us out, Patricia. Uh, I have nothing either.
3: Yeah. Other than just wait, it just being a very
2: talking are you talking about like
0: the surgery that Caitlin had to do? Yeah, which ultimately didn't end up happening, but I didn't even know why that had to be a thing.
2: Well the surgery did happen. It did?
1: Yeah, it did. I mean, she removed the. That's how she was able to. Uh, they were able to escape. But yeah. I mean, it just seemed. I mean, it, it. I mean, other than being a plot device to just basically force Iris again, you know, taking full focus off of Barry, but making you know, Iris being the focal point as part of the leader. Now, the the, the, the New leader of Team Flash having to make that call, and I guess showing how maybe she has matured at, to take Patricia's point to the next to the next step uh, as as a leader uh, of the team and, and and picking you know making a choice that she made, which was to save Caitlin versus save Barry.
0: Right. No, I'll buy that. I'll buy that.
2: It's so well, weird, but. <laughs> I mean, she's still... So, the body dom, the brainstorm guy or whatever is...
3: Yeah.
2: Um, Storm she, the <laughs> she Sorry. Um, she... Amulet had to make sure that the specimen or the product was in proper working condition for her buyer. Right? Yeah. So... Him having a giant piece of metal stuck in his neck, that could cause serious problems, you know, everything that Caitlyn was worried about. So she had to make sure that pull it out, because if he would have died on the table, an amulet wouldn't have had product to sell to the guy in the chair. And so that's why she had to have Caitlyn there. Okay. There's, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, that's okay.
2: what I got
3: that's- from it.
0: All right. So just so I understand the timeline because I got a little confused with the timeline. Amunet abducted Dom mm-hmm. during with which she lodged one of the metal into his in his spine. Then they she had to get Caitlyn to remove it. Caitlyn and Dom escape. Then in between the their escape and the holiday party, Amunet recaptures Dom. And then that's when the the mental the mental exchange between Dom and the thinker occurred. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. when. They How many. One question, Patricia, before you continue with your point. <laughs> one question. How long was that night? Because that's a lot of events to take place in one night. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm going
1: to say. Maybe Barry went back at Tom and didn't know time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
3: Barry!
1: Go <laughs> well, Patricia, I'm sorry.
2: So, the point I was going to make was you know that she gets, um she gets, she captured Amulet captures Dom again. Because when he shows up to the house, he has his little Christmas party bag. And mm-hmm. so they had that little clip of her, like, smashing his head in at the car, and he had his little Christmas party bag. Right, right, right. That's the whole reason why he was late and stuff. So that's why, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I, I, I do have one quibble uh, about the whole body exchange thing again. And, and it's
0: it, mind, mind exchange. Mind
1: exchange. it's it, <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we seen this, like, a few times before in a series? That's all I'll Thank say. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, like it, it, is, it is their trope. Yeah. They Their villain can never stay the same and have the same face. It I'd always changes. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. That's that's, that's my only quibble. That's my only quibble. Otherwise, but, I, so, I, I really enjoyed it, but that was just like, come on. Come up with a new way of, like, well, honestly, my thought was that he was just going to like tap into the Speed Force or something with Barry to rejuvenate his body. But
0: yeah, no, they did it this way, which which is fine. Um, the The exchange, even though I agree with you, they need to stop using this trope um, because we've seen it multiple times now. Um, it does play in to the Easter egg that future Barry last season gave to Barry about um, facing off against the thinker because they, they reference a a type of tech that they had to use to block their thinking Mm -hmm. um, for the thinker, which it wasn't necessarily DeVoe, but what brainstorm because brainstorm is a telepath. So, so that, how that played out makes a lot of sense into um things that they they set up last year as well which yep. which i like my my quibble about brainstorm is easy the actor he was on vampire diaries guys <laughs> it was very distracting for me <laughs> That's where i've seen him from nope you've I'm seen him from other, one other show patricia one of your favorites how to get away with murder yep.
3: he, was he was on that show too. as well yep.
2: Right, he was. I knew that he was a brother and he had a sister somewhere, and I couldn't remember where. Anyway,
3: thank you.
0: <laughs> Finally. Yeah, yeah. It was very distracting for me because I kept, I kept thinking, and it's funny because he played similar a similar role on Vampire Diaries. It was very disorienting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, sir. One thing you just brought up with the uh, callback to future Barry versus talking to current Barry. Maybe mm-hmm. that you know, and, and I have to go back and look at you know once in future flash, but um, you know I think there was something in that speech too that maybe that was another reason why Barry you know did not run. this thinking about you know that future that visit D.D. had in the future when he was trying to stop Savitar
3: it
0: maybe yeah. or maybe he learned something in the speed force, um, that he was stuck in for a few months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And all the, in all <laughs> the, the gibberish. Light it, shade. It, yeah. The house, light the shade. house bitch. And that's, you
0: yeah. <laughs> know, now, now I do to, to close this, out, I do want to say, I still last week when talking about the fillet, um, the crossover, which was great. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. Um, I brought up a point in which I thought it was interesting how they the writers purposely, in my opinion, made uh, made Barry let reverse flash go Uh while Oliver kills Dark Arrow. Uh And now that we have this episode where Barry Allen chooses to stay instead of run. And I think if it was Oliver Queen, he would have run. Um, seen as some of his choices lately uh-huh. and not only that but he's also being charged with uh, with a murder that he did not commit and um, which is very reminiscent of what his father went through but I still I keep finding myself comparing it to um, Oliver Queen who is under indictment as well but I think it's really interesting how Star City Apparently he has a very slow judicial process because next episode Barry Allen's all of a sudden in a courtroom.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <and> <laughs> Oliver Queen is walking around like I'm under indictment. <laughs> no worries. No worries. But, but I do like this idea that they're even though these shows are completely different and these heroes are on their separate paths, there I I feel like they're trying to set up something. For Barry and Oliver to have another more profound exchange later on in the second half, um, that is going to be really interesting and maybe set up for a crossover next year where those two are at odds with one another. Maybe.
1: Hmm. And uh, and at, at odds how?
0: I think it goes back to, um, remember in season one when they first introduce Oliver to team flash uh-huh. and there was a lot of hesitation about green arrow because green arrow is a murderer yeah and how that's not what team flash does so so you've got this the the aspect of that was supposed to be played out in batman v superman where you have the the crime fighting vigil, vigilante who doesn't kill versus versus somebody who does kill so you have like that moral the 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 um they're at odds over their morals and their the moral decisions that they make. But I don't know. Remember, Will, I'm always wrong about this stuff. No, it's
3: no, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's you know I think that's a, a very good callback that they probably will address this some in some form. They may even do it with this trial of Barry Allen.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Well, I mean Barry's got to be wondering like I. Like, why can't I have Oliver's lawyer? Because apparently, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah it's like, Cecile's like, tell everyone you're to Flash. It's like, well, I think I've already have done that.
0: <laughs> Cecile, we just told you. Yeah.
3: How <laughs> you
0: take it down a notch? Okay. <laughs> you're speaking a little loud right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Any final thoughts before we head over to Star City? I loved Cisco's gift from Gypsy. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. Oh,
3: yeah. Classic. That was classic. It's, is flash. this a
0: breakup box? No. <laughs> you need to open that in private. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think that they are doing with Cisco this year outside of the Gypsy plot line that seems to? Be there one moment and gone the next episode.
1: They're, it seems like they're at a crossroads with Cisco, and it, same with the same one they're having with Wally, which is exact to figure out exactly what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just how I feel. I mean, they have the great you know banter between cisco and and Harry and, yeah. and that comic relief. but I don't feel like Cisco's really growing much this season. He's almost been reduced to like comic foil.
0: Yep. I agree with that. It's very stagnant. They're like, hey, he has powers and arguably could be more threatening than Barry, so we're just gonna bench him.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll just send Wally to <laughs> Cambodia <laughs> which is like <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I was like,
0: random. Very random. random
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> very random. Well, all right, that's that's um we're gonna leave Central City and head over to Star City where Okay, it wasn't it wasn't a highlight of the season, but I still I like this episode. Irreconcilable differences, their mid season finale. I think it was fine. I think it it closed, it tied a lot of knots, and it left some doors open that's um, set up for the next half. Um, it was fine. It was simple, straightforward. Eh, but I don't know, Will. What did you think about it?
1: Uh. I'm going to let Patricia give her thoughts first. Interesting.
0: Very strategic play right there. (laughs) (laughs) Will hated it.
3: (laughs) I didn't
1: hate it. That's a bit strong. (laughs) So
2: I, this episode was really, again, the mid season finales have been very well put together like just storyline and intrigue and plot. They did the right things at the right times and they kept me fully engaged. Like there's some episodes as always where you just sort of get distracted and you're not really into it and you're like, yeah, okay. I watched it. Cool. Right. These episodes all kept me fully engaged. Like, you know, if someone tried to talk to me, I'm like, nope, you can't, nope, I'm not, I'm busy, <laughs> focused. So I, <laughs> I felt like that's what I felt like this whole week of episodes, and and that doesn't exclude Arrow from that either. I was like, oh my God, Will called it with Wild Dog, like that's, it is him, like I get it, and Will. <laughs> Like he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder because he knew exactly
0: what was gonna happen. How did he know? He didn't know everything. Let's just put it. Take it down a notch, Patricia. Okay, Will forfeited his turn. (laughs) Continue.
2: I I also the side. So besides the main storyline, I really enjoyed the side plot of. Bad Laurel and Lance Mm. and how they had that special little exchange where she was talking about her dad on her earth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like the type of cake that she liked, like Lance knew what type of cake she liked because she's basically the same person and that little, I was like, yay, maybe a redeeming character? I don't know. I know how much you like Laurel, Sarah, Um, but... Anyway, and then the other storyline that I'm really interested to see continue is Dina and Vince. Dina. I want Dina. Dina. Dina.
0: <laughs> I'm terrible with names. That's I'm right. sorry. <laughs> Dina. Um, I'm really Wait.
3: interested.
0: Oh, Vince. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Vigilante. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, Will. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's all I get. What?
3: <laughs> I
0: thought you were like winding down. You were losing momentum.
3: Um, I thought it was a
0: natural oh, shift. And Thea getting her ass handed to her
2: after being in a coma, I thought that was well played. Just side we'll note. We'll talk about
3: Thea. Yeah. I, I got yeah.
1: some
0: points about Thea,
1: but Will, um, what did you think? What did I think? <laughs> so, um, I, I enjoyed this episode. It was um, you know, it, uh, just to call back to the flash a little bit, um, that the, the wedding reception, um, you know, it was very, it was, it was very well done. Uh, as I, I, you know, I, I wasn't trying to get into the whole drama of, you know, West Island, illicity wedding, even though, uh, Iris, you know, had her very human, you know, um, uh, feelings about what happened. Uh, which I'm glad they did that. Um, but also, I think it was good that you know for Arrow to to, to finally have this scene for Oliver and Felicity because they 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 uh, have been teasing this for years. Just finally they finally had they finally are married and it, you know finally have have their moment, which Curtis and almost ruined, but. <laughs>
0: Curtis was the best. Curtis
1: was the best, yeah. (laughs) Again, a very human, you know. Well, I guess that's the thing that what I liked about the episode. In all all the shows, just uh, with the mid-season finales, there were very realistic things that real people actually um, could do. You could actually see that happening with, like, you know, if you've been to a, a wedding with someone having too much to drink, and we've all been there where, like, the person is, like, giving a toast, and you're like, oh, hell, where are they, where are they going with this?
0: <laughs> and, oh, quick question, quick question. Yeah. Um, so are you saying that um, what happened between the thinker and brainstorm could really
3: happen?
1: No, no. Iris <laughs> is feeling – no, I'm talking about okay. the humus no, I'm okay. talking about someone feeling bitter about, like, jumping in on your wedding day and, like, Completely trying to upstage your situation.
3: I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I just had and to call then, you and then, out on that and then, and,
1: then, and then send you a cappuccino maker. You're like, the hell. <laughs> All
0: right, we get it. Yeah. Okay, you think Iris was right. Uh, moving on.
1: Moving on. Moving <laughs> on. But um, but the episode itself, uh, Patricia raised a good uh, point with uh, Lance and uh, Laurel. Uh, I did like that sort of play out even though I had a moment where I was like thinking now, it's kind of strange that, 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 uh, that the, the doppel Laurel's doppelganger, you know, usually there's some, sometimes some subtle differences between them, but in this right. context, they were, they were pretty, you know, pretty much right down the line. So, it's, you know, like, uh, it's just getting kind of like, it's don't overplay that too much. But I mean, but I thought overall how they handled that was good. Um, as far as the, well, it
0: also it also makes you suspicious of Caden because Caden yeah. James is supposed to be so smart, and it's like, so she's the doppelganger yeah. of his daughter who is dead. Mm-hmm. Do you really think she's going to be able to kill him, who looks exactly like her father from another Earth? Like, yeah. come on, Caden,
1: yeah. step up your game. Step it up, exactly. <laughs> maybe, and maybe that was maybe that's just one of their ways of like making. You know, one the little hat tip the Black Siren to keep her from being completely like evil, because she's already evil. You know, you know, not committing a, a some kind of doppelganger patricide. Um, right. Uh, first, but um, yeah, you know, as far as the portrayal, um, you know, we talked about it last week, and and you know, for a moment I thought maybe you know it would have been interesting if it had been one of the original three. Like if, if mm-hmm. Felicity or 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 Dig, or Diggle, um, mm-hmm. inadvertently like some, you know tipped it off, um, but I mean again it, it, you know all the evidence just pointed to Wild Dog. I mean maybe Donna, but you know with things with how things are going with vigilante, but um, uh, you know ha- I think overall I liked. Uh, I, we saw this tension all, you know, with the original three versus the new three, you know, throughout, and it, it you know, it, it came to this natural conclusion that they were going to have to break up. Now, how long they stay up apart, we'll see. But I, I, I was very satisfied as a viewer that how that all transpired.
0: Yeah, and I so something I like about the betrayal is something that you spoiled for us last week when you brought it up is, is that um, the relationship between Renee and his daughter that has, he's, he kind of bonded and formed a connection with Oliver um, because of how both of them were trying to balance their desire to protect others with With being fathers and who at one point in time have abandoned their children and then at another point in time have tried to incorporate them into their lives as these vigilantes and I I liked how there was a moment of hesitation from Oliver Mm -hmm. which shows that he's grown a little bit over the seasons because he, he did write Renee off but then he started thinking about it more about the all the times that he's placed Will above his team, mm-hmm. which he did this season, yeah. he's walked away from the team because of Will, and it, it was it was a big decision to make, and and now he's starting to to see how that's what Renee did. On the other hand, granted, he also sold Oliver out. He could have told Oliver and been like, "This is what's happening. I have to do this for my family." like my blood family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe Oliver would have respected it a little bit more than have been blindsided. But I like that hesitation. What I I think I will like to see play out, um, I feel like this is upping the stakes, but for them really to do something clever and evolve this conflict a little bit further would um, be for Caden to manipulate Team Arrow and put Oliver in a place where he has to choose between Felicity and Will.
3: Oh,
1: I like that.
0: That is that is like a plot point that I want to see because he's gonna choose Will. Like me being Felicity Shimer, I know that, but <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, you, I think that makes sense for everything that they've built up, um, and also remembering how. Caden blames oliver for the loss of his son mm-hmm. um so so Caden's gonna go after will in some way shape or form and it's gonna oliver's gonna have to make some tough choices i do like how at the end when they brought back and 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 said like you guys even though we feel like we're winning now Oliver Queen always manages to um, regain strength when his backup is up against the wall. So don't be don't be sitting too pretty up
1: there. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: One question I have for you: So do you think um, do you think Caden is going to force Oliver to out himself by making him having to choose between Felicity and Will?
0: I think at some point this season, I I think I I would be shocked if we go into season seven and the full star city and the full world does not know that Oliver Queen is green arrow. Like that just seems like the next evolution that we've they've been hinting at it for two seasons now. So they might as well just do it because, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Will, but that actually does happen in the comics, right?
1: Um, I I have to look. I'm not, I'm not as well-versed on the Green Arrow comic.
0: Okay. Man, you got a lot of homework to do tonight. I
1: do. I do. I know <laughs> yeah. I do have a lot of homework.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So let's talk about Thea. I mean, Patricia brought her up before. Anybody else feel like the Raiders don't know what to do with Thea Queen this season?
3: <laughs> she's
0: in a coma, she's out of a coma, she's hiding black siren, she's on the ground.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that's how they're pretty much on a out. <laughs> what do you think, Patricia?
2: Well, I loved how at the um, the wedding she was dancing with Wild Dog and she was like, oh, I was hoping someone else would come back. And I was like, yes, Bray Harper, What? but so i'm still waiting for that to happen sarah knows my feelings about that um it- but i think like my thought last week before we had this episode drop was that it was going to be thea or a previous you know um <laughs> a previous <laughs> hello <member>. look <Hello>, at <laughs> oh a previous member of Arrow um, who was going to be the one and I I thought it was going to be Thea Like by just some weird chance she ended up talking to the FBI agent and whatever I don't know and to see her like I was shocked actually to see her up and walking around without a wheelchair or without yeah. any like assistance or I understand that she's been in a coma for a long time. Like most people that have been in a coma, they have a long period of time where they have to go through physical therapy to make sure all of their limbs are working properly and like gaining muscle back and stuff. And I know Thea died before and has been brought back to life and that was sort of (laughs) a thing, but I feel like being, her coma is a little bit different than being dropped in the Lazarus pit.
0: No, and, Felicity was paralyzed. I think I th- I'm pretty sure Curtis built her some kind of tech. Oh we yeah, we just didn't see it. That's mm-hmm. where they were during the crossover. Ah, yeah.
3: Uh, good call. Yeah,
2: uh, but, but you know, much help with the crossover. Anyways,
0: she got beat down by but... mm-hmm plants yeah it's you know thea has always been a character who you after oliver queen loses everybody else she's like this remaining link to who he was before the island um and a lot of viewers since all the way back in season two have been speculating well when are they going to kill her um and they did kill her they only brought her back so now the question is, are they really gonna stick with her, bring back Roy Harper? Colton is in Vancouver, so you never know mm-hmm. um, yep. but but you're just you're kind of like, okay, either either put her on an interesting path that um, parallels Oliver's or get rid of her because I mean nobody wants to waste screen time when they have a lot of other things to explore in the show. So, and and like I said, that could be very powerful because she is that remaining. Well, Quentin is also another remaining link to who Oliver was um, before the island.
2: Yeah. So. The whole watch giving thing at the wedding made me tear up. Honestly, yeah. I've been real emotional about these shows mm-hmm. and like, I don't know that part just like made me emotional. And I thought that they were doing something really great with Thea last season, where mm-hmm. she was, like, the city manager or whatever she was just under. I thought right. that Oliver was going to make her mayor somehow. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that would have been an interesting track to keep Thea on. And now that's sort of derailed.
0: And Right. Yeah, but we'll see. Hopefully they have a plan for the second half because now she's back. I mean, she was really benched the first half of the season.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: so now Oliver and Felicity are married, but they can't have bunker sex because Caden is spying on them in the bunker. So that could get really awkward, if you know what I mean. (laughs) And (laughs) it is also revealed that Caden is not working alone. He's also not working with just Black Siren, but he's working with Anatoly, he's working with Vigilante, as well as Richard Dragon. Which, out of all of them, Richard Dragon was the one where I'm like,
3: where have you been?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, which one is Richard Dragon? Is he the drug guy that Diggle was going to, or was that the other guy? He's the drug drug guy. guy who's the other guy that was standing? Like, so they had them all lined up.
1: Yeah. Vigilante was at the very end.
2: Right. And then Fortier- Anatoly. Yep. Then, um,
3: Kaden. Laurel. Yes, yep.
2: Caden. And then who was the guy that was second Richard to dragon? Last- no, there was two guys on the other side oh, of Caden.
0: that's just Caden's henchman. He doesn't have a name. Uh, um, he's, he's just the henchman. you, you saw him like in the first few episodes. Like he would, um, he would send instructions to Laurel and and be about their way. But yeah, he's just a henchman. Yep. He's henchman number one, second okay. to the right. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Twice removed. I was,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, who's that guy? We haven't seen him before. Like I thought maybe he'll be a new little villain that'll pop up and have some significant cheesy lines to say later.
1: No. No. So. Maybe. Will, what did
0: you think about Vigilante being revealed as being a part of Caden's crew?
1: I, I, that was, a, that was a, a twist I did, honestly, I did, did not see coming, um, but I liked it. I,
0: we know, because you didn't spoil it for us.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it worked. I mean, I think, it. you know, again, going into uh, how Caden is, all his... Uh, You know, scheming and everything has caused the team to break up. Because I think he's going to be behind the stuff with the FBI too. Um, uh, Yeah, you know, we always wondered who Vigilante was, and now we found out. And so it makes sense that he's going to be part of this team that's going to really screw with Oliver the second half of the season. Um, So. You know, I think it's a very formidable uh, group of of, of, uh, uh, evil team. And, um, you know, I think it's going to force Oliver to um, really become very forgiving as far as with Wild Dog and, and the rest of them and acknowledge his mistakes as far as spying on them. So, you know, a question will be, you know, how, you know how many episodes basically will this 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 uh, bond uh, this forgiveness and everything will will, will take for, for the team to get back together three or four tops yeah yeah
0: three or
1: four
0: yeah just just a guess
1: yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I, you know and maybe that's why I'm not like blown away by this episode even though it was a good finale it's just like um, we know that the breakup isn't going to last forever, yeah. and this is just a part of the plan. So, to me, I'm like, ah, I don't really care. I do like, but I did like they they ended it well with that idea that now that it's just back to OTA, that's not a good thing because Caden um, has doubled the men and doubled the army and is out to get Oliver um, for everything that he
1: has. So. Yeah. And in some regards too, I mean, Diggle is still, you know, he's still out of commission. I mean, so yeah. it's really, so it's really, it's just Oliver and Felicity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Felicity can't even figure out that they're being spied on. Right. Which Felicity, get off, get out of the honeymoon stage. You're killing me. You, you're smarter than that. As soon as you said it, well, I wonder why they th- knew it was sabotage. Well, <laughs> come on, <laughs> guys, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't Team Flash, okay? You know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. But Patricia, are you going to take over and talk legends? Sure, I can do that. Okay. So, uh,
2: this week's episode, when it started out, like I literally had to pause it, and I was like, "This is the stupidest idea that they've come up with so far in this season," because it starts off with Young Stein. So Stein died in the in the crossover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it starts off with Young Stein many years ago buying, you know, it's sort of like this weird Furby Elmo like Tickle Me Elmo type thing that would talk and so he was at the store and it was like a Christmas Hanukkah type, their little throwback to Christmas for this year. But he gets this green fuzzy thing that's called a Bebo Mm -hmm. Uh and then he ends up And they don't ever really explain how he ended up in this place. (laughs) He was running away from a mob of people in the store and then ends up in the future, which where, like, the Vikings took over America instead. And anyway, I was very upset about the first, like, five minutes of this episode because I was like, really, what is... a Furby is now ruling the world as a god to the Vikings like what is happening but then yeah. after you get through that it works itself out the Furby thing is burned and then Dark comes back Dark keeps coming back throughout uh, huh. and he just like his character just like makes me want to throw up honestly I'm like god just get out like die already but
0: he
2: no, they back, can't do you know, that. The, Darth comes back at, and he calls himself um, Odin from oh. Asgard. Oh. And I thought that was really interesting <laughs> to sort of throw that in there. It was really funny. But um, the other character that we were sort of talking about last week was how they brought Snart back and yeah. how it's going to play out. Yeah. And I think this... I can't decide whether I like the fact that they brought him back or not, because oh. his character that he plays is so different from the original yeah. start, which is fine. I get it. They have to make him different, or else it wouldn't be anything fun. But throughout the entire season... The, entire episode he's trying to play therapist with everybody about the death of stein like he he even has like a muppet puppet that he makes to look like stein so (laughs) that people come into his office and like talk to to get feelings out and it's sort of humorous
0: but it's sort of sick at the same time and that sounds like something Ralph would do on The Flash.
1: That does totally <laughs> sounds like yes. Ralph would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, no, 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 no. It
0: was, it
2: was. This was my least favorite episode of the week. Yeah, but it yeah. was such a train wreck, I feel like, that I was like, I can't stop watching this because I got to know what happened. So
0: it turned um, into
2: a hate watch episode for you. <laughs> Kind of I mean they had some really solid points in there like um Jax left the team at the end of the episode like he decided that he wanted to go you know because he couldn't get over Stein being dead because he was trying yeah he was trying to alter the timeline and blah 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 but he had some really good moments in there about his grief and like he had a talk with young Stein. And Stein made the same decision not to know about his death Mm -hmm. so that he could have a good long life. Like he sees like, well, at this time that you were because he was going to Jax wrote him a letter and said, open it on this date. And, you know, from that date to, you know, where they're at right now, he was like, well, I'm going to live a long, happy life. It's you that I want to have fun and a good life. So it, it, there was some really great moments, but then they ruined it with the fuzzy things about Christmas. Ah. So,
0: so so at the end of that episode, is that when Constantine appeared?
2: Yes. At the very, very end, Constantine appeared. I actually have not seen Constantine. I watched the very first episode today and of their, of his season. And, stuff and I I enjoyed it and so I'm I don't remember Constantine coming to resurrect Sarah. I mean oh. I know that was that on the, the was that done on the season season
1: four season four mm mm-hmm. season
0: four
2: yeah Here but did he actually show up as like did that actor show up in the yes. show?
0: Yes. Did? Season four episode five so
2: that's you pulled out of your brain. I have no
1: idea, but <laughs> she's amazing that way.
2: I was I was like, maybe, maybe they just called someone and said, "I know a guy, you know, uh-huh. and they insinuated towards like that's what I was thinking.
0: Okay, yeah. no, no, he 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 knew that episode. Um, not only did he appear in the present, but he also appeared on the flashbacks because he knew Oliver from Lian Yu. And they had a very, like, Indiana Jones um, adventure on Leanne Yu the second time Oliver was on the island. And that played out alongside the present day of them trying to get Sarah's soul back. And um, Oliver calls up his buddy Constantine. So, Constantine. Um, but um, um, I've also not seen the NBC, which I think it first aired on NBC um, season one of Constantine, but I do like that actor and that character, and so I'm glad yeah. that they're and, reintroducing him, and that's the beauty of the show. It's kind of like what we were talking about with Supergirl season one, how it aired on the C- on CBS and it doesn't really count.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I, I think CW didn't, they? I know they had an animated version of Constantine too on the CW Seed. Yes, yeah.
2: Yes. Well, that's that's where the Constantine episodes are. They're on the CW Seed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. So I need Sorry. to finish. I'll I'll watch that season and. So with him being a new character, I can have a good. I thought that would be good homework for me this week. See, Sarah, yeah. I can give out homework too to myself. <laughs> Um, well,
0: you know, that addition of that character is a good reason to maybe jump on board with Legends um, and see what they do because, like you just reminded me, he was the one to bring back Sarah. So both of them being on the wave rider for a little bit together um, will be interesting to explore that dynamic because I kind of feel like with Sarah, they the first season was a lot about her reconciling With the idea that she's been brought back to life and given a second chance, but then her grief over Laurel's death kind of overtook her character. So to have this reminder that she's a human, but she's also someone who's been, who's sorry, this other person. Why are you apologizing? Oh, my cat, like did this little wild cry thing I thought you guys could hear didn't hear it at all it. did not no. hear it at all no. did not hear it all <laughs> well Will do you have any thoughts about Constantine being on Legends
1: Um, not too much other than I wonder you know there's been some chatter uh, over the last few days about uh, an established Arrowverse character coming over to Legends to replace uh, Firestorm so you know, wondering if it's going to be Constantine or uh, or the other, you know, fandom favorite is uh, Wally West coming over from the Flash. So uh, that's pretty much my only thoughts on it. Well,
2: yeah. there, I wondered about that too because I know I can't remember when if it was at like the beginning of the season when all the legends were spread out. I think that was when it was. Yep. It showed the Man of Steel, or sorry, Nathaniel, Mm -hmm. working with Wally, and they don't even mention it, like, again, or suggest it at all again. So I think that'd be neat because then they would have somewhere to put Wally from the Flash, scoot him over to the Legends show. That would be a nice sort of even keel decision.
1: He needs to go there. He, he's completely not used at all on the, on the flash, but that's the discussion for another show.
0: Yeah. When you can't use the character, where do you put them on
3: legends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: When you can't use a hero anymore, what do you turn them into?
1: I'm a legend.
3: legend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jack said a great speech
2: towards the end of the show about, them being B characters or sub B superheroes or something and they were like we were all broken i know it was funny cuz hey, sarah lance hey, sarah was like
0: yeah it's true
2: hey
1: it worked it worked for marvel yeah
0: it happens it happens, it happens. sometimes the, sometimes you got to pull on the B string and you get an A team win. I don't. I don't know where I'm going with that. But yeah, yeah. Well. Well. Thank you, Patricia, for giving us the rundown on Legends. Um. Like I said, Constantine being back. Maybe I'll tune in for an episode or two. Give it a try. Jump back on that wave rider. <laughs> yeah.
3: No,
0: we're not doing that. Oh. Okay.
3: Um, <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Same, Will, same as seat Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to, oh, no. Okay. It's one ticket. Oh. One ticket per person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you?
1: Yes. Uh, during a mid-season uh, hiatus, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K.
0: He is also the mastermind behind our at seen a nerd Twitter account. So if you um, follow us on there, those are all Wilt Will tweets. Um, and he's just owning that account so much. And he's also behind our Facebook account as well. So keep following, keep tweeting at us um, because Will is always behind the scenes doing so much magic. So thank just you. shout out to that. Thank you. Thank you. Patricia, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? You can find me at P
2: R Miller twenty. That's P R M I L L E R two zero. Did I get that right? I think you I got know. that right. I think so. I, think you got that right. <laughs> good. I hope so. That's, that's what I've
1: been tagging you at. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> and you can find me at S J S J B E L M O N T. Like I said before, please follow us on Twitter and friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can find us on the CastBox Android app. We're going into, the shows are going into a hiatus, but a Nerd Crew is not. Um, we have a few special episodes planned um, that we're going to drop along the way, um, so please Keep, keep on the lookout for um, updates and shows to come or tell us what you're watching during the hiatus and maybe we'll check it out. Um, but until then, good night, geek out. You're welcome.